Fantastic. Yeah, please be seated. What a fantastic morning so far, isn't it? It's exciting to see God moving in amongst all of us. Amen? Thanks, Tim. Legend. So much. So, so last week was our exciting AGM annual general meeting, and uh, it was a, uh, a good time. And uh, we didn't quite get to this bit. And so turn to the person behind you and say, we're up to this bit. (laughs) Fantastic. Now, hopefully you probably spoke to the back of somebody's head. And uh, and you can turn to the person in front of you now and say, uh, we're up to this bit. Praise God. Um, If you've got your Bibles, open your Bibles to Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2. Everybody say Habakkuk. It's either Habakkuk or Habakkuk. And one day we'll know better, won't we, hey? You'll have to to excuse my voice just a little bit. I'm a little bit croaky, but it's been a really, really fun week. So um, my dad, Pastor Bill Wyatt, who uh, with... Mum, Robin, started uh, and planted this church out of, out of um, CRC uh, Ringwood, uh, Christian Life Centre in Ringwood, Oban Road, Ringwood, where it used to be. Um, many, many years ago, uh, Dad is about, well, sorry, he has turned 81. And uh, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, there, there was a couple of times there where we, where we weren't sure what was going to happen, uh, but it was, it's just a fantastic um, time to be able to just celebrate uh, Dad and celebrate who he is as a father, as, uh, as, uh, as uh, a pastor, as our f- founding pastor. But uh, what is extraordinary to me is that even though he's 81, like nothing stops him. Mum told me the other day that he's trying to paint the back door and he couldn't get the back door back on. It's a big, heavy sliding door. And, and um, so the two of them are trying to figure it out. And, you know, just secretly, I think mum was saying, well, asking Matthew, can you come over and give your father a hand before he kills himself? But, but, um, but, you know, he just keeps on going with lots of different things. And, and because Dad is, uh, has turned 81 years old, we are about to go camping. Now, uh, many people over the Victorian um, Cup weekend uh, go up to the Victorian high country and, and it's probably busier than Burke Street right up there at the moment. But... Um, I have been looking forward to this moment for such a long time because Dad's words, not so much mine, he goes, listen, son, I'm not sure how many more camping trips I've got left in me, right? And now now he would go camping if he was missing an arm, a leg, even uh, two eyes, like he'd be there, right? His words to me this week is he said, listen, son, uh, he doesn't always say that, but I have to put on a dad voice, you know, listen, son, uh, even if I was just camping by the campfire, if I was just sitting by the campfire for the entire time, it was, it's, well, it's like second heaven for me. And I thought, okay, well, that's, you know, he, he, he's going to be wrapped. But it was like, it's like, you know, we're gearing up to this camping trip. Now, my brother Gary and I have been talking about it for such a very, very long time. And so we've been talking about it, and, we, and I said to Gary, I said, look, you know, 
we better uh, we better do it now, otherwise, otherwise, you know, you know, if what Justin Stockman said, you know, mankind, we're meant to live 120 years. Who's ready to live 120 years? Some people go, yep. Some people go, no. But um, but 120 years, you know, according to that, Dad's still got how many years left? 39 years left, right? And um, what if he makes it 125? You know, there's a lot of camping to be had in that time. But just in case, my brother and I said, let's, uh, let's get this camping trip organised um, uh, while we can. So, you know, <clears throat> some of you uh, may have noticed that, uh, you know, the Maroon Jeep is no longer uh, present. It's no longer alive. Uh, and um, it was uh, moved on. Uh, to be melted down to make a magna or something. I'm not sure what's going to happen to it. But, um, but uh, um, you know, this, this whole trip was like I was so looking forward to it. And uh, I, I, like, I am. But then the, 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 we had trouble with the car. And, and then, um, you know, there was other trouble with batteries for the camper. And, and then there was all these other things that was just going wrong. And yet in my mind and in my brother's mind, man, we've got a plan right? I'll show you the plan. This is the Lake William Hovel camping trip, right? This is only page one. I haven't told, I haven't show, I can't show you page three and page four, right? And so my brother rang me, he goes, man, this list is a good list. I said, yeah, we're only going for like two nights. But uh, uh, I said, man, we're, uh, we're, we're going to do this trip proper, right? And so it requires, it requires planning. You know, you've got to have the coffee and the percolator, right? You can't go camping. Camping's not camping without proper campfire coffee, right? Is that right? All right. Now, I won't show you Gary's list. Gary's list is a little less politically correct um, because he's got a few more bits and bobs that he's going to be bringing. But, you know, you can't start a fire... Without a spark, yeah, I was wondering who was going to come up with the song there. But you can't start a fire without a, some matches or a, or a lighter or something. Well, you can't cook just with your hands, can you? You've got to bring a pan. You, you've got to have toasting forks, right? You've got to have a pot. You, you know, um, Dad can't sleep on the ground. He probably would. In fact, I'll t- guarantee this. Dad would sleep on the ground and love it, whereas us fellas... We wouldn't love it so much. He, he would just curl up beside the fire and he'd wake up bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. But I'm not sure that I would. You know, all those things, chainsaw, you know, just in case we need to cut something, right? Everybody just go, ooh, yes, yes, bring a chainsaw, right? And, I, and man, the, the, the shovel, yeah. Um, toilet and paper, that's important. Isn't it? It's important to bring these things that you absolutely need. You know, I went camping with Anna once when it was just a shovel. And, and, and it was an adventure, right? And so, so you know, so I, I managed to get hold of a little porta potty with a pop-up tent. So there's a little bit of civilization happening here. But you know, like just for example, the chainsaw. Man, I, I've 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 sharpened every tooth on that chainsaw. I've gotten out. You know, you know, it's probably blunt, but you know, it's you know, I've I've 
got the angles and I've sharpened it and I've done this and I've done that because it'd be terrible to get out into the bush and go, we either need some firewood or there's a big tree that's blocking our path and not be able to get past, right? We need to be able to cut it. And then I'd hate to start up the chainsaw. Oh, did you bring the fuel? No, I thought you were bringing the fuel. Oh, we're just going to have to hit the with the chainsaw and see if it gets through. Well, it's not going to get through the wood, is it? So we've got to bring the fuel. I've had to sharpen the chain around it. You know, there's no point in bringing the fuel and bringing the bar oil if the thing's blunt, right? Yes. Are you going to gnaw on it? No, you're not. You can't be able to get through this. You've got to be prepared in every single way. Friends, our vision today that I'm about to present to you is exactly the same. We're not all buying chainsaws and sharpening them. But what we are doing is that we are bringing our enthusiasm, we are bringing our resources, our creative thought, and we are bringing our heart to the table to say, yep, God, we're right behind what this plan is. Amen? You can't go camping at Lake William Hovel without bringing some stuff. Amen? Amen. I know that was deeply spiritual. Oh, and look, I just wanted to bring this out because this is just cool, right? And so, you know, you can't go camping without a proper little torch. Is it working? Is it working now? Is it good? Is that kind of bright in your eyes, honey, is it? You're really shining today, darling. That's really amazing. You see, you've you got to walk through. I'll, I'll tell you why, what happened. I've got a little thing in here. Anna just quietly said to me, I need to fix my hair now that that's been on. <laughs> see this thing here? I've got to tell you a story. What I'm about to present to you today is a map. And this here is a le- legit GPS. And my brother and I and his son, Isaac, we were walking through the bush one time and we were shooting with cameras. And, and we, were, we were taking pictures of animals if we could find them. And then we were going to eat the photos, okay? <laughs> and so as, as we were walking through the bush... What happened was we got horribly lost. Now, if you've ever been out the back of Tolmy, it's pretty easy to get lost, especially when you're nuffies like <laughs> Gary, myself. Just, I'll leave it there, right? And so we're walking through and, and we're tramping through and we can't see a thing. It is pitch black, the clouds are over, there's no moonlight whatsoever. And we didn't even have a torch and we didn't have any way of knowing where home was and it was only because of one thing now I'm talking four and a half hours we did not know where we were where we were going and what had happened right and as we're walking through we knew that there was a river because we were camping beside it I know we're pretty smart and and the river was to our right-hand side. So we felt that, well, if the river's to our right-hand side, eventually if we follow the river, we're going to come to our camping spot. Well, what we didn't realise is that we could hear the river to our right-hand side, 
but we could also hear a river to our left-hand side. <laughs> well, that's quite a problem when that sound is only meant to be coming from one side, right? And as we're going through, I just... We, we, and I tell you what, the next day when we went out in the daylight, you could literally see we've just, we've just walked in circles like this. And we have probably only covered... We've probably walked about 18.5 thousand kilometres, but we've probably only been in about a 500 metre square sort of area, right? And so it was a bit like the Israelites walking around in the desert, right? 11-day journey, but it took them 40 years. So, so here we are, the Israelites, walking through the back of Ptolemy. And I said, stop. We need to stop and just listen. And I remember this lone little bird, I don't know what it was, but it was making a coo, coo. Did you like that? That's my bird impersonation. And it was making this little sound. And I said, I remember that that bird was making that sound when we left camp because it was actually annoying the crust out of me. And, it was, and I could hear it and I said, we need to go towards the sound of that bird pretty smart right well what if the bird had moved (laughs) you know but it was the best we had at the time it was the best we could go with so we ended up following the sound of that bird you keep on cooing you annoying little sound and eventually we made it back to camp (sighs) all right good news story that ain't gonna happen again (laughs) see it ain't gonna happen again right because I'm not trusting that little bird is still there cooing, right? So, all right. So, the same is with our vision. And I'm going to read right now. I'm going to read right now from Habakkuk chapter 2. And it says this. You can read along with me if you like. I will stand my watch and set, set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I'm corrected. What you need to understand is the prophet Habakkuk at the time uh, was in uh, 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 Judah and, uh, and there was great famine in the land and they were literally eating their young. It was like absolute dire circumstances. There was horrific idolatry and the entire nation was falling apart. And so Habakkuk had had a bit of a whinge to God saying, why aren't you doing something about this? And... Here is what Habakkuk's response is. And we're going to go from verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. But the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. And we're going to end it there. So my first point before we get into uh, what we're actually covering today, and what we're actually covering today is not something that's necessarily new to you, although there are some new, very new aspects in it. What is exciting right now is that... um, is that we have an opportunity like never before. Never before have we as a church been debt-free. Never before as a church have we um, 
uh, been in this position of like the world is our oyster, if that makes sense. And you see, um, as I look at this uh, scripture here in Habakkuk, what strikes me at the very beginning is that we have to plan beyond what we can dream. What does that mean? Well, you know, I'm, I, I actually am brought to this, I'm actually brought to this realization that whether my father is healthy or whether he is not, we're going on this camping trip. You hear me? And, you know, and when the car was, when we were having trouble with the car, you know, uh, I said, Dad, I really want to take the camper, you know, make it, it's not my camper, it's Sandra Mike's, but um, uh, I really want to take the camper, it's going to be more comfortable to you. And he just said, I don't care about no camper, we'll just sleep on the dirt. I, don't care. I just want to get out there with you boys. And you see, it was this element and this thing where, where, where I had to plan beyond what I thought was going to be possible. And you see, that's the way God has actually wired us, that we have to plan beyond what we can dream. We have to think generationally. We have to think not the second generation, not, not our children or our children's children. We have to think uh, beyond that. That's partly why we're looking at planting a school because a school is multi-generational. The school is going to be existing and impacting and changing lives long after we have graduated. Amen? And you see, what's going to happen is this legacy is going to be uh, uh, realized <clears throat> realized in our, in our lifetime, but it's going to be beyond our lifetime. So never settle for what you think can be achieved in your lifetime. Revival has never until now passed from one generation to the next. Justin Stockman was talking about it two weeks ago. He was talking about the simple truth that, uh, that as a church and as, as, as in the kingdom, what our goal ought to be is to be able to pass on and hand on revival into the next generation. And never before until now has that actually happened or uh, been, uh, been happening, if that makes sense. Here is a good example. Pastor Bill and Robin Wyatt establishes a church called CRC Doncaster. They've handed it on to the next generation. Now, whether I'm blood-related or not is totally irrelevant. Whether Shiloh and Joshua take on the church, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the church continues to exist 200 years from now and is thriving and is growing and is impacting the nation and is impacting the nations. Amen? See, never before has it happened. See, in the past, what happened has, hap- has happened is revival has been limited to generally one man or one group of people. It is only now that we are seeing the multi-generational factor in it. You look at the Bethel Church. Uh, uh, um, uh, it was uh, handed to uh, Bill Johnson. Now J- Bill Johnson has handed it to Eric. Uh, Eric is now the senior pastor at Bethel. And now, uh, you know, uh, Bethel is, you know, raising up generations after them. They've just released a children's movie called Bright Ones. Haven't seen it yet. But <clears throat> just extraordinary the way they are stewarding through the generations 
generations and raising up the next generation. City Life Church, one a bit more local, we'll see that uh, Kevin Connor over at City Life passed it on to Mark Connor and now Mark Connor has passed it on to somebody else. You see how this generational thing is actually changing our city in Melbourne. You look at Stairway. Stairway was started by Peter and Lynn McHugh and now they have handed the senior pastor's position on to Craig Petty who grew up as a son of the house. You see, this is not just a passing on of the family business. What it is, is the multi-generational factor being, it's the planning beyond what we can dream. We actually plan for it. We dream about it and then we plan and we plan some more and we put those plans into place. Amen? Amen. And so what it means is that to be able to awaken that within our own hearts is it does come back for all of us to be fathers and mothers. You can't be a father and mother unless you're impacting the next generation. Amen? It comes down to you and me. (laughs) That's exactly who it comes down to. Turn to the person beside you and say it's all about you. My next point is this, watch and listen and be prepared to respond. In Habakkuk chapter 2, we started off by saying, and, he said, and he, Habakkuk says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. You see, I love Habakkuk's heart response to God. Habakkuk is seeing the reality of the work that's needed ahead of him. He's seeing the reality of the state of the entire nation. And yet, he doesn't turn around and say, and say, God, why aren't you doing something? You do it. I'm going to take my bat and ball and go home. That's not what he says. He says, and he stands there and he says, I will wait to be corrected because my mind is not thinking like God is. God's is. Hello? I'm not seeing what God is seeing. I can only see what I'm seeing. And this is why his heart's response was quite simple. And it says, I'm going to wait to be corrected. Because what God is doing, I can't see yet. And that's often what happens with us. When there's a grand vision in front of us, when there's something that, that just seems too great for us, God knows God understands. He is working every little bit together. He is working everything. He's like that big, he's got a big ball of dough and he's kneading it and he's making it perfect and he's letting it rise and then he's working it again. Whatever he has to do to be able to, 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 be able to see the vision achieved. And Habakkuk says, I will stand my watch, set myself on the rampart and see what he will say to me and I will answer and what I will answer when I am corrected. Well, I know what my answer is. My answer is yes, God. Hello? Is your answer yes, God? Is your answer to the, to the dream and to the plan? Is your answer yes, Lord? I, I, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Or is it, you know, I'll, I'll do it if... Uh, well, if it's convenient, I'll do it. Uh, 
well, if I've got the resources. No, friends. You see, he has the resources. Amen? The next thing he says, the next thing the Lord says is write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Write it down, run and be patient. How many of you, how many of you are a bit like me that wants, wants everything kind of now? I know I do, right? I want it now. I, I, I do. I do want it now. I want everything now. I'm not a very patient person inside. On the surface and the exterior, you would just look at me and go, gee, Matt, you're so patient. But really, deep down inside, I'm actually quite a very, very impatient person. And you see, the problem is with that is that sometimes I get impatient with God. God, what are you doing? (laughs) Hello? Anybody relate to that? Anybody ask God that question? (laughs) What are you doing? He goes, well, I'm just testing your patience. <laughs> huh. Okay, I'm very patient now. Are we done yet? <laughs> Doesn't work like that, does it? So here God says very clearly. He says, clearly know and understand what the direction is and be committed to actively pursuing it. But how, Lord? How will it be achieved? Don't worry about how it will be achieved because the Lord provides the means for the vision to be accomplished when his people rally behind it. And that is the difference. See, Habakkuk just didn't say, I'm just going to stand my watch and I'm just going to stay up here until God does something for the nation. He says, I will stand my watch, be corrected, and I'm going to tell the message to the entire nation. And this is what he did. And so the Lord instructed him, write the vision and make it plain. Why? Why make it plain? So everyone can understand. From everybody from the beggar on the street right through to the most astute in the room. Write it down. Make it plain. It doesn't need to be drilled down to every fine, minute detail. God is in the detail. That he may run who reads it. How many know we've got to start running? Amen? 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 That's talking about somebody who's continually moving, somebody who's, who's able to spread the, the message, who's able to do it. And he says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. So be patient. Though it tarries, in other words, though it may be taking longer than you think, I think you might remember that when we started to talk about the school, I actually had hope for a 2019 February start. Ugh. When, that ter- when, I, when that decision came through that we're not going to be able to make that, it was, uh, though it tarries. Lord, uh, why not now? Why not now? Why is it tarrying so long? But Lord, whatever it is, however long it's going to take, Lord, in your good time, let it come. Amen? And that is the patience. That is the patience that we must all walk in. It says uh, in the second half of verse 3, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. So what's the enemy of vision? The enemy of vision is pride. 
You see, it's very unusual, it strikes to me as very unusual, that at the beginning of chapter 2, you know, it's sort, of, it's sort of quite stirring and quite positive and it talks about the writing of the vision and what we've just talked about now and then comes this verse. To me, it just seems from left of field. But Lord, what about the vision coming and the runner and making it plain and write it on tablets and, you know, that's all really feels really good, God. You know, what about all that? And, and yet now you just go, behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him but the just shall live by his faith. What God is actually talking about is our own pride, our pride of life, the pride of who we think we are, the pride of, of just, just pride. It just gets in the way. It gets in the way of us serving one another. It gets in the way of achieving vision. It gets in the way because, well, I'm not going to do anything. I don't want to. That's not part of me. I don't want to do that. I don't want to change. I, I, I. You see, the, cent- the central person at the, the, the centre of pride is selfishness and self-indulgence, the pride of life. Now, I'm always proud of my kids. I'm always proud of the, the church here and what we have all achieved so far. And it was great to be able to celebrate that at our annual general meeting. But friends, during worship, pride will stop you from worshipping God. Pride will suddenly make yourself at the centre of your worship. Pride will, will, will get in the way. Well, well, I just don't connect with that. Or, or I, just, I just don't like doing it this way. Or hang on. But worship is about here, not about yourself. Pride will always, always thwart God's plans for your life. Pride is the enemy of accomplished vision. So what's the answer? Well, it's easy. Humility. (laughs) It's easy. Isn't humility easy? (laughs) Sometimes it is. Has anyone been humbled before? That's not always a nice experience. But friends, humility is where we come together and we submit to one another in love. And the Bible says that the world would know us by our love for one another. And friends, you cannot love and have pride at the same time. But you can love and walk in humility. Amen? And humility doesn't mean you compromise your self-worth. Humility does not mean that you lower yourself beneath what Jesus would want you to be lowered. Hello? Humility says that we step into that place of, of lifting others above ourselves. Amen? And the last point that I want to make before we head into it is this is that says this very significant thing that the just shall live by his faith. In Strong's Concordance, it says that shall live, says the word chaya. Everybody say chaya. And it means this, to live, to stay alive, be preserved, to flourish, to enjoy life, to live in happiness, to breathe, be alive, be animated, recover health, live continuously, 
The fundamental idea is to live and breathe. Breathing being the evidence of life in the Hebrew concept. So this is not just having life in our mortal bodies, but it's having life in our soul, life in our spirit. And so it says the just. Who are the just? The people who are just have been justified. Amen? Hello? The people who are just have been made righteous. Who made us righteous? Jesus made us righteous. Can we make ourselves righteous? No way known. And you see, friends, that's the first reality of dealing with pride, that we cannot do this on our own. We cannot accomplish vision on our own. We need Jesus walking with us. Amen? So the just, those that are right by God, the just shall live, be made alive, flourish, be nourished, shall live by whose faith? His faith, my faith, your faith. You will live by your faith. Faith in the vision. Faith in what God is doing. Faith and trusting him in, what, in the way that he is leading you, in the way that he is directing you. Friends, you can live. If you're, if you're feeling a little bit breathless, if you're feeling a little bit flat, then just dial up that faith meter in your heart. No, I'm going to choose to have faith. I'm going to choose to believe the one who breathed life into my lungs. I'm going to choose the one that chose me before I chose him. I'm going to choose the one that deals with the pride of my life. I'm going to choose the one that served me as I serve him. I'm going to choose the one that laid down his life for me. Friends, that is living by faith. You are made alive by making that choice in him. Amen? Just place your hands on your head and say, Holy Spirit, heal my mind, help my thoughts. If there is any cloud over my thinking, any stinking thinking, I place it under the blood of Jesus that my mind is renewed by the power of your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, are you ready? We're going to hit kick into it. So you may have seen all of this before. This is not necessarily a new vision, but it is an, an incredible achievement. Part of it is incredible achievement, but it is an indication that we are healthy as a church, that we are full of life, and that as a church we have momentum. So the first thing to do is why all of this? We have to begin with why. Why do we do all this? Why do we turn up every Sunday? Why do we do this? Why are we wanting to uh, improve our facilities here? Why are we wanting to in, uh, you know, uh, build a school? Why are we wanting to improve in all of the areas that we're going to go through today? Well, I'm going to answer that. Firstly, for our building, a beautiful building reveals a beautiful Jesus. <laughs> If I was to walk into your house and it was all torn down, it wasn't maintained, that is a reflection of your life. Hello? When I was in real estate, I I, uh, would always have a look at a tenant's car 
And I'd always have a look and see what they pulled up in. And it's not about what kind of car or how much it was, but it was how much, how is it maintained? Is there rubbish all in it? Is there, is there mess? Is it hasn't been washed? Is it only wash, it gets washed when the rain comes down? Is it blowing smoke? Is it, you know, that's an indication of whether they're going to actually take care of a, a $500,000 investment that I'm responsible for. So here, for us, you might say, well, Pastor Matt, the, the building right here is, is really quite beautiful. It is, it is, but we can make it better. Yeah. Amen? So a beautiful building reveals a beautiful Jesus. The school, a beautiful education reveals a beautiful future with Jesus. I, I, I love what <clears throat> Shyla said to me uh, about a whole stack of things um, recently. This was in relation to the argument uh, and it is an argument, it's not a proven fact, but the whole argument of climate change and, and, uh, and I quizzed Shyla on what she's being taught at primary school and, uh, and uh, uh, I'm not here to talk about that right now, but the conclusion was this and, and Shyla said, man, I'd, I'd hate to be living without Jesus because they're just really telling us that the world is going to end if we don't do something about it now. Well, I understand we're meant to be stewards of this earth. I absolutely guarantee that. But I don't want to be preaching to little grade ones and twos that you're going to die. You know what I mean? There's going to be a black cloud over Melbourne because there's too many cars or whatever it might be. I'm not saying that that's what they're saying. But what it is here is that we want to be able to bring children up in faith. In humility, teach them what integrity is. Teach them how to walk in the spirit when they're five years old. Teach them how to prophesy. Teach them maths. Teach them English. Teach them the creation story and the creation message. Amen? Amen. So a beautiful education reveals a beautiful future with Jesus. Here we go. Here's one we can celebrate already. A beautiful caring reveals a beautiful Jesus. What are we trying to create here? We're trying to create heaven on earth, aren't we? And Jesus said that model prayer, let your kingdom come, let your will be done as it is in heaven, let it be here on earth. You see here, it reveals a beautiful Jesus when we care for people who are in need and that is already happening. So you can just write that as a reference, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 17. But when you focus your efforts, you are more likely to achieve the desired results. I know that's incredibly logical, but it's unfortunate how many people simply don't. They just simply spend their life wondering why they're not achieving anything, and it's just simply because they are not focusing their efforts. So the three areas of, fo- three areas of focused fruitfulness is this, our primary school initiative. Can you imagine this place being filled to the brim with kids just engaging with one another, healthy? Can you imagine it right now? Just picture it. Yeah, it's probably going to get messy. It's probably going to get noisy during the week. It's probably going to be, you know, we're going to have to move chairs constantly and set up tables constantly. But can you imagine the lives and the generations after us that are changed as a result of it? Can you imagine it right now? So cool. The primary school initiative, we are committed to providing private education where students have the opportunity to learn, grow and know Jesus. To do that, we need to raise $15,000, a visionary team 
secure our outdoor area of our car park, of which I announced last week, that so far to date we have not had one objection. Celebration right there. And that we aim and hope to launch the school in February 2020. Is that going to be good? All right. Praise God. Number two, we can celebrate this, MCC CareNet. The MCC Emergency Relief Program aimed to share and extend love and kindness to vulnerable people and families that are struggling financially. Do you know that this is already well and truly happening? It's just so extraordinary. Kelly sent out a special message from somebody just a little while ago, just yesterday, in fact, how they were just overcome and overdone. We're going to hear from Anne uh, relating to that in just a few minutes. So the goal is, was, and is, develop a volunteer team. Tick, that's been done. Let's praise God for that. And to raise $5,000 as seed money. Now, we didn't raise $5,000, but we launched the program anyway because we believed, we had faith, and we lived by faith. Amen? And, uh, and, uh, and there's, so there's other areas that are, that are going to be launched as a result. So CareNet's going to provide training. I'm just going to skip through some of these, but it's launched and it is currently active. What's this all about? Well, that's a nice-looking modern building. No, that's not the plan for our new MCC church. But I would hope that you would start to dream a little bit about our building beautification. So we are committed to providing a facility that is creatively attractive, practical, modern, and serves the purpose to which God has called MCC to fulfil. The truth is this, if you were to walk into some of the local restaurants here, they have spent a lot of time and a lot of resources making those restaurants and the ambience in those restaurants good. Why? So people come, buy the food and eat, right? It's exactly the same here at MCC. We have to stay current. We have to stay on that, I believe, the creative cutting edge of architecture. There once was a time where churches were on the creative cutting edge of architecture and I believe we can come into that as well. At the moment, part of our building beautification is to buy 300 chairs. Now, I've got some really good news for you. Are you ready? We originally negotiated a price of $75 per chair. Now, just recently, I've secured a price of $57 per chair. How good's that? Amen? So at the moment, you'll see our chair thermometer out in, the, out in the corridor, and our chair thermometer has us buying about 30, I think, is it? 30 chairs so far, which is super exciting. Now, is that 30 at $57? That's at $75. So effectively, those who have donated a chair, you've sort of like donated one in a frame. (laughs) So how good's that? $57. And look, I won't say it too loudly at the moment, but right at the moment, we're actually negotiating in order to reduce that price even more so. So we'll see what we can do as we come up with it. But that's super exciting, amen? Can you imagine a really super comfy chair that you're sitting on right now, even more comfortable than what you've got? Super cool, yeah? Yeah? And they look a bit nicer and it'll make us look a bit more modern in here as well. So here's the three areas of fruitfulness. Number one, primary school initiative. Number two, MCC CareNet. It has been achieved. 
Awesome. Awesome. Building beautification. And to launch all of that, it would cost us a total of $40,000, right? So that's just to launch all of that, just to get the ball rolling, right? Now, you might say, $40,000, Matthew, that's a lot of money. Well, it's actually not, because for the last 35 years, we've been raising $40,000 each year to pay off our building. So it's not unreachable in any way, shape, or form. It actually doesn't change the way that we come into this. Amen? We just continue to build the kingdom and believe in faith. I've talked about primary school. Now what I would like to do is invite Anne up to the front to talk about Kenneth. Anne. Oh, wow, look at that. Hi, everyone. I know Kelly would have loved to have been here today, but she's feeling unwell, so she's asked me to uh, take over. So Kenneth started with uh, Kelly and Sophia about um, uh, January, and since that time it's been steadily growing. And I think we have a... Um, oh, I think we have a infographic that you could put up that would be really Let me go find great. And so let me give you um, some of the statistics. Uh, And I've got to say it's been a real pleasure to be involved and I know I'm not the only one. And I I guess I should thank a few people. So obviously Kelly and Sapira for starting it and Kelly for continuing it, but also Len Phillips for picking up the food. So Len every couple of months goes and gets a big truck and brings everything back. And we have some great volunteers. We've got Lorna, we've got Amanda, um, I've got myself, and it's just a real honour to be involved. So, okay, so we haven't got that infographic up, so let me just tell you a few things using the one I've got here. Um, we've been um, open since six months, uh, sorry, since the beginning of the year, and in that time um, our food hampers have reached... 275 um, families. So they have fed more than that, but that's how many families that they have reached. Uh, We have moved 1.8 tonne of food, which is just huge. Uh, And this this is outdated by a couple of weeks. We have made up 103 hampers and there's been 164 kids fed and there's been over 200 volunteer hours so that's that's pretty cool and we will continue to do that but we've we're always looking to the future as well and there's a couple of things that we want to tell you about that's that's new um, we get our food from food bank as you may know and food bank can't always supply some of the things that our families really need things like personal care items and some food items that are very very popular such as rice toothpaste um, tomato sauce, things like that. So what we've done is we've put up a board just outside of the kitchen and on that each week we'll put some things that we could really do with. So if you could look at that board and have a look what's on it and if you could provide one of those things or a few of those things, that would be really terrific. Um, We are also hoping to give each of our families a a Colesmeyer gift card for each of the members to help them over Christmas, so that would be terrific too. But the other thing is, starting this Tuesday, and yes, it's Cup Day and that's okay, We are here all the time between 10 and 2 for giving out these hampers. What we're going to do is from um, 11 to 1 each week, we are going to open it to everyone and give a free light lunch. 
So that is not just for the community who's coming collecting the hampers. That is for everyone. We want to create a community and you're all involved in that community. So if you ever want to pop in and just sit and have a light lunch, nothing special, but something that will be good and have a bit of community to sit around and enjoy, then come and join us. That that would be fantastic. So if you know anyone that's feeling a bit isolated, tell them about us. Um, and we will have Kenet cards very soon that you'll be able to give out to people that will tell them where we are located and what we do. So on behalf of Kelly, I'd like to thank you all for being involved because we couldn't have run it without some of the great donations that you've given already. So thank you. Thanks so much, Ian. Praise God. So come on, you've done this. You've done this. Amen? This is extraordinary. For us to be able to achieve it. Now, you remember the seed money, money that uh, we're aiming for is $5,000. There's what's been raised so far is uh, $2,020, funny that, $2,020. And uh, the total expenditure so far is roughly only about $1,100. So all of this has been achieved just with that. So quite often what happens is, oh, we can't do anything because we haven't got money. But what actually happens is God uses what we do have. Amen? Amen? And things are already happening and moving. It's so exciting to come in here over Tuesday and just hear the buzz that is happening out in, uh, in the corridor and, and in the rooms out there. It's just so extraordinary to see what God's doing there, of people being loved on. It's just amazing. So praise God. Amen? Amen? So um, the next thing... <clears throat> the next thing that I would like to update you with, with what we are doing and what is happening, is Revolution Youth. And Sam, who looks a little bit like Kelly, but not really, is going to talk about that as well. Awesome. Just a little bit taller. Good morning. Remember when Matthew talked about your opportunity to be fathers and mothers to the next generation? Well, welcome to that. My slides are, look at this, hey? Can anyone read that? Shall I give you a tip? Young people can. So who's young? Who can read it? So my first thing is to shout out to Anna and to Daniel, who are part of the leadership team with Kelly and I in this space, and say thank you, thank you, thank you. My second opportunity is to say, well, what is Rev Youth? It is a movement of young people that are not content to be the same, but constantly moving forward and taking ground. I'm going to pause so you can read it again. We're a movement of young people that's not content to stay the same, constantly moving forward and taking ground. Um, Thursday night, a bunch of people knocked on my doors and asked for lollies. Like famous people started knocking on my doors, like Superman knocked on my door, Spider-Man knocked on my door. All these awesome people turned up, but you know what? They were all fake. They just looked like it on the outside. It's like some kids I know who go to church and they just look a lot like Jesus on the outside. But on the inside, they're not quite there. Well, I'll give you the tip. What are we creating? We're creating a movement of young people who look like Jesus on the inside and on the outside. And it's going to be yeah, fun. That's good. So Rev Youth, Rev stands for Reveal, Revive, Revolution and Reverence. And we're going to tell you more about that at another time. It also stands for smelly teenage kids. Because <laughs> on Friday night, we rocked some laser tag. I ran through a dark room. If you turn off all the lights for me, Len, can you turn off all the lights for me? So we ran through a dark room, sort of like this, going, run, 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 I'm old, I'm old, these are all young, run, 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 bang, oh, there's a wall, that hurt. But you know what they did? They loved it. Turn the lights back on, because I'm not okay being back at laser tag. 
But we also have a taster coming up very soon. So Friday the 6th of December. Say Friday the 6th of December. We have a taster night. So that's a Friday night. That is our first youth service, our Rev Youth opening night. It is a Friday night. You are not all invited. For clarity, it's not a Sunday morning on a Friday night. You're not all invited, but you know what you all are able to do? You're all able to invite someone. So who knows someone between about 12 and mid-20s? Anyone? Hands up big, yeah? This is called activation and participation. I need you to invite someone. You get to bring them. You can drop them off. We'll look after them for two hours, and then we'll give them back to you, and they'll smell, because that seems to be everything I learned. So where can you find out more? Social media. Who's heard of Instagram? (laughs) Yeah, not me either. But my wife has, and Daniel has, so they do that. You want to know more, you just ask us on a Sunday. We'll tell you all about it. You come here and do that. But again, let's circle it around. So first, Rev Youth is a movement. Number two, you're all fathers and mothers of a generation that's coming. And number three, you invite someone to Friday the 6th of December and we are going to rev the absolute daylights out of the place. Back to you, Matty. Beautiful. Thanks, Sam. (laughs) Fantastic. So next year, Revolution Youth is, Rev Youth is going to be going uh, uh, fortnightly, correct? fortnightly every friday night and uh and you know that's going to be an opportunity where we are going to see countless kids saved encounter jesus and have a really really fun time in the meantime amen so that's going to be super exciting so we've got a lot of different things going on so over where sam is actually where he's waving his hands right now there's a whole stack of sign-up sheets that if, if perhaps you might be interested in, in being part of you know, what happens on a Sunday worship time or if you might be interested in uh, helping out in the kitchen or CareNet or if you might be interested in uh, any other aspect of production or media or youth or, or, or you know, young adults, etc. If you'd like to be part of a home base as well or if you would like to lead a home base. Can I ask that you just make your way over to the table over there, sign up, and the leaders of those areas and departments are going to reach out and and have a conversation with you to see uh, what and dream about what the possibilities are. Friends, we're not going to be able to achieve all of these three areas plus Rev Youth if, if, if we're not all in on it. Amen? We've got to be all in in some way. You may not be able to commit much time, but you may be able to commit some money. You may not be able to commit money, but you might be able to give time. And you might be able to invite somebody. So that is what I'm asking from you today, that you would consider this, that you'd pop your name down there and uh, you would say, yep, count me in. I don't know what I can do just yet, but let's have a conversation and let's dream a little bit about it and let's see what God does. Amen? You ready for it? It's going to be great. Let's stand, let's pray, let's just commit this to the Lord. Praise God. I believe we have almost everything that we need um, to achieve this vision. And, uh, And we are getting so close to it. And so... Um, uh, uh, you may have seen some figures up on the screen as to how close we are financially. But you know what? I mean, finances are absolutely boldly important.
But what is really most important is where our heart is in relation to all of this. And so what I just get a sense of right now is that the Lord is just really asking us a question as to, as to what are we prepared to do about it? What are we prepared to step into, to buy into this vision that is going to be beyond our generation, that is going to be beyond today? Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. And Father, you make a way where there is no way. Lord, you bring provision. You bring all the resources. And so thank you, Lord, right now, that in this room right now, that we have everything that we need to see this accomplished. And so, Jesus, we run into you. And we say, have your way. Have your way. Be glorified. Let heaven be made manifest here on earth. Heaven, come. Your presence, come. Father, seal wisdom and revelation into our hearts and our minds. Activate that in our lives, Lord. That we would not be about building our own kingdom. But, Lord, we would be about building yours. And so today, Heavenly Father, we come humbly and we say, forgive us where we've been proud. Forgive us where we've been haughty and we've, we've looked down upon others, Lord. And we say, Lord, that we would want to build others up, to sow and invest into others, to do justly, and walk humbly before you. And so, Jesus, we ask that you would perfect our faith. Because, Jesus, you are the author and you are the finisher of this thing. Jesus, we love you with all our heart and all that we are. And as we join hands with your hands, Lord, we would see your kingdom expanded, grown, and lives changed. In Jesus' name. We all said? Amen Amen and amen.